it guides it towards the uprights and it's there! Straight between the uprights it is! What a magnificent rugby league try! Oh, make no mistake, they are white hot! This will be a try! 85 metres, the most remarkable try! Try, try, try! Welcome back to the Mad Monday podcast team. I'm your host, Nathan, and with me is my little brother, Lachlan, for this afternoon's podcast. Um, it's been a bit of a turmoil, turmoil week. Is that the right word? Turmoil week for, um, uh, you know, trying to get the podcast in order and all the rest. So, um, without further ado, Lockie, how are you, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm doing good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, good man, good man. Just a uh, bit of a run around today, wash the car and a few other things. So, um, just took it pretty easy for this weekend, trying to relax. Obviously, first week back at work and trying to get all that stuff sorted. Um, obviously, you're still on holidays, in, yeah, well, enjoying it for the next month. It's great. <laughs> oh, living the dream, mate. Living the dream. Um, so pretty much, guys, for the podcast, what we're going to be doing is going over four teams for this afternoon. So we're going to be chatting about the Brisbane Broncos, uh, the Canberra Raiders, the Cronulla Sharks, and the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Um, what we'll be doing is kind of going over a bit of um, our opinions on their 2020 season, um, what we thought of it, you know, and how they should have gone, where, where, where we thought that they would have kind of ended up um, in the 2020 season, um, we'll also chat about team changes. Uh, you know, players coming into the uh, players and coaching staff coming into um, the team, obviously for the 2021 season. Uh, the big trades around there. You know, people that have moved on or, or you know are coming into the squad, um, as well as position changes. Obviously, if uh, teams, you know, um, like off, oh, for instance, the the Bron- uh, the Bulldogs, they're um they've signed um you know a couple of halves there, so. Um, you know, looking at uh, position changes and where we think, uh, you know, the team, you know, will have to adjust to those players coming into the squads. Um, and we'll also give you guys a bit of a, um, a play to watch during those, uh, you know, when we're, ch- when we're chatting about those teams. Uh, obviously, I've got some players I want to watch over the 2021 season. Uh, some excited players, um, you know, that can really bring some electricity to the game, um, you know, and obviously players that we want to see improve. So, um, that's the big thing there, and then finally we'll we'll kind of wrap the uh, the team up with a bit of a 2021 uh, season preview, um, like you know pretty much the same thing as what we did with the 2020 review, um, just the other way around. We'll chat about where we kind of think they might end up, and our kind of ladder predictions as well as where we think they will kind of finish at the end of the 2021 season. Um, so to kick it off, uh, Lockie, the Brisbane Broncos, my team. Um, do you want to have a, a bit of a say on Conum? Uh, you know your ideas, mate. I'll just have a quick yeah. little spiel. Obviously, with Kevin Walters' arrival, uh, and with you got Jack Bird and Joe Afangali who have left, uh, but you do have the inserts of uh, John Asiata, who's pretty good. So, if, obviously Milford, which had a bit of a bit of a shocker last year, if he doesn't perform, then I would see him slot into that uh, that either five eight or half spot. Uh, as you saw him at the Cowboys when he was a utility, and he did pretty well. Um, but just surprisingly, that Dale Copley is obviously coming back uh, to the Broncos, um, uh, and Andrew McCulloch as well. I thought Andrew McCulloch actually signed with the Knights. I didn't know he was on uh, on loan. That's weird. So yeah, I think he was probably one of the first players to jump on that loan system. Obviously, you had um, Harry Grant and a few others. Um, uh, you know, doing that loan loan system uh, last year, obviously with teams not being able to field as many players as they would have liked. So, if they had players that either weren't getting enough game time or they just weren't going to, you know, looking getting a look in in the squad during the twenty twenty season, they were still able to play and still still able to kind of push on. So, I like the idea of the loan system. 
Um, I guess like for the Broncos coming 16th, coming last in the, in the 2020 season was not a good year for us or for them either. Um, you know, that's the first time in the club's history that they've, they've got the wooden spoon, unfortunately. Um, but it's also a bit of a wake up call. You know, it's, it's quite a young squad. It was the youngest squad in the 2020 season last year. So, um, I got, you know, you know, you, you expect that from a young squad, you know, unfortunately they don't have the, the experience as some of the other players do, um, and the other teams, uh, more in fact. So, um, you kind of understand, I can, I can understand that. Yeah, fair enough. They're the young players. They haven't got a lot of NRL experience. And unfortunately that, that showed on the ladder in last year's kind of performances, um, like you touched on, Dale Copley returning to the Broncos, um, you know, after a stint away, as well as um, having, you know, Andrew McCulloch coming back too. Uh, players like David Mead as well coming back to the Broncos as well. Um, and Ben Teo sticking around too um, for the, for this season. I think that kind of brings a bit more experience in the squad again. Um, I know that Kevy, you touched on it as well. Kevy Walters coming into the squad as the new head coach. Uh, I think he's going to have a lot... I think he's going to be, have a bit of a headache when it comes to the centers. I think you look at you know you look at the the players that they've got on the roster there or on that you know that that top kind of thirty players you know or even twenty players that are there. Um, Dale Copley, you've got David Mead, Katoni uh, Staggs, uh, um, Tessie Niu, Xavier Coates, Jesse Arthur's, Herbie Farnworth, as well as Jermaine Asako. You've also got. Um, uh, Corey Oates as well too that you know uh, can can slot into that you know um, backs position, but for me I think um, Tessie Neu gets the first uh, gets the nod at fullback. I think he has you know gets the opportunity to um, push forward. I know that he played a couple of games at fullback last year, and, and I uh, you know he he played all right. He didn't he wasn't a massive standout, and unfortunately he hurt his hand, um, so he was out with injury. Um, I think very closely followed by Jermaine Asako at fullback there. You know, the Brisbane haven't really been able to lock down a fullback position. Um, obviously, Jack Bird, he's gone now, like you said. Um, but, you know, he, he did his ACL in the, in the preseason before the season started last year. So, unfortunately, fortunately for him, he didn't get quite the opportunity to. I think that he was definitely my fullback last year for the Broncos. Uh, but you know, looking at the you know the the backs there and, and kind of some of the predicted lineups for twenty twenty one, you're looking at Tessie New at fullback, Xavier Coates and um, Jermaine Asako on the wings with um, Jesse Arthur's and Herbie Farnworth in the centres there. Um, I think there's a lot of speed on the edges. Um, Xavier Coates was definitely up there with what you know some of the fastest uh, yeah, NRL players in the league last year, which was really good, and as and also getting. Um, a position in the Queensland, uh, you know, squad really must do some, you know, massive, um, uh, you know, boost to his confidence. So it'll be interesting to see how the Broncos go. Um, for me, I guess the player to watch this year um, is Anthony Milford. Um, and a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of, and myself, I'll, I'll put myself in that list, um, you know, don't really expect Anthony Milford to stick around much longer. Um, I think he definitely needs to stand up. I know that he's very close to the end of his contract at the Broncos and whether he's going to be fighting for a contract this year or fighting off the likes of Brody Croft, um, you know, in the halves there as well too. Or even even David Mead can slot in there um, as well as Corey Pakes as well. I know that he's a, um, a half, um, not, not so much a, a dummy half, but more, you know, sitting in that halves position. Um, I think that he's going to have to really stand up this year. Uh, I know that there's been talk of him being 
the Broncos captain. For me, I, I still think Alex Glenn should still be our cap. Uh, the, the Broncos captain. I don't think that um, Milford needs more of that kind of uh, oh, pressure on him. Yeah, I think he needs to like he needs to start performing from during the season or for a full season and actually play some really good footy uh, to be even considered to be looked at for a captain. Just his performance last year. It looks like he was trying to do everything himself and it just wasn't working for him. He was starting to be a selfish player. Uh, obviously, obviously, Broncos didn't have a very good season, but still, you're a team. You work as a team. You're not just a one-man team. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's what he thought he had to take the responsibility upon himself to try and win the games, but obviously, everyone knows that's definitely not how it works. I've got a question for you, actually. Go for it. With Obviously, you got the likes of Corey Pakes and um, Jake Turpin. In the Broncos there, do you think Andrew McCulloch will sign a mid-year uh, contract with another team or do you think he'll be released? Um, I think the Broncos would probably like to get him off the books. Uh, I think that, you know, they weren't shopping around and I know the Dragons were kind of looking at him, but I think he might have got shunted in that position. So, yeah. um, I, look, I, I don't know, man. Like, you, you know, you look at the kind of depth at, at Hooker, what, what you got Jake Turpin, Corey Pakes, um, John Asiata, like you touched on too, coming from the Cowboys over to the Broncos, I think that's a really good asset for the Bronx. I think he'll be, uh, you know, that 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 extra that extra set of hands. Um, you know, if if he if he slots into that Pat Carrigan role of of thirteen, um, he slots himself in there, or even in the second row, you know, being able to kind of get his hands on the ball. You know, I, I'm a massive um, kind of fan of second rollers that have good hands, um, so they can you know throw a ball around, or even in the forwards. Um, but yeah, looking at the depth, man, you've got what? Yeah, Jake Turpin. If he get injured, maybe uh, Corey Pake slots in there, which which would probably be the most likely, and then probably Andrew McCulloch. As long as he can get over that knee injury and kind of and push forward and be competitive between those two young players, um, I still think he gets a look into the Broncos squad eventually if, yeah. if you know, injury does come about. Uh, but you know, I don't see him. Uh, I think it'd be kind of like a Benji thing where they sign him. Uh, and Mitchell Andrew McCullough was signed by the Broncos, but they'll sign him and they just push him down back to Redcliffe, I think. But I don't think Redcliffe is Broncos' feeder club anymore because I've heard that the Redcliffe Dolphins is the Warriors' feeder club. Um, good question. Well asked. I'm pretty I don't sure, actually I'm know. I'm pretty sure the Redcliffe Dolphins are now the feeder team for the New Zealand Warriors. Oh, look. Yeah, have a bit of a quick squeeze at that. I, I like. I'm not too sure if if it is true. You know, that's a massive loss for Bron- for the Broncos. I think. You well, know, you've got uh, a little manly and that sort of stuff there as well. You got. Oh, I suppose you got the, uh, the Sunshine Coast Falcons there, more the feeder squad for the Storm. But yeah, and you still got uh, like North Devils and stuff like that too. Those those you know, there's players coming from those areas as well. I think there might be a Melbourne squad, a Melbourne Storm, uh, um, feeder team. But you know, e- either way you look at it, um, I think that. Uh, you know the Broncos. They need to. They definitely need to lift. Um, they definitely need to improve. I think they will. I think they will improve after a year of turmoil. I think that. Um, uh, I think that they'll improve this year. I don't think by much. I think they'll just miss out on the eight. And I've kind of got them predicted at tenth, finishing tenth. So not quite in the eight, uh, but definitely not off. Not on the bottom bottom of the ladder. Um. I just, yeah, I guess you just got to make sure that, you know, Milford and, and the halves in that position, Thomas Dearden as well, uh, really improve in their positions this year um, and, and, you know, and, and move forward. If they can definitely improve their stats, then I think the Broncos are a chance to, to ch- chance to, 
you know, um, aggravate the eight. I just don't think that they'll make it eight this year. There you go. So, yeah, I don't think with obviously record that Kevin Walters has uh, at the Bron- uh, sorry, the Broncos at Queensland uh, was pretty pretty shocking. And I if if uh, um, I said one blank really quick right there. If uh, well. Anthony Milford. If Anthony Milford doesn't shine, I think that yeah, they won't they won't make the top eight. I don't even think they make the top ten. Uh, I think they they need to do a bit of rebuilding uh, and just kind of shovel some players along. Uh, like if Corey Oates doesn't perform, maybe you're mm. getting rid of him uh, and start bleeding some more young players throughout the season to, to obviously set the team up for uh, future endeavors in the in the rugby league. But I think I think that's and that's and just to touch on that too. If Corey doesn't kind of perform in that position at, at sixteen, there, I think that Jordan Ricky gets his shot, yeah. and I think he'll be. I think he'll be one of the biggest biggest players to play in in the Broncos team. I think that if he if it's if it's early days, Corey Oates needs to shine in that in that kind of that forward role. And if he's not, um, I think you know the likes of Reese Kennedy, um, as well as uh, geez, yeah, uh, Jordan Ricky. Um, I think that Jordan Ricky definitely will fill the spot of David Feeder leaving. Um, and I think that he'll be he'll probably be the one to, to slot in that position, I think. Well, there you go. So the New Zealand Warriors have announced landmark partnership with Queensland Cup Giants record Dolphins. There you go. The club well, that's good. drawing from the New South Wales Cup deal. Or the deal with uh, we'll see the Warriors adopt the six-time champions as a feeder club in the Queensland Cup with the potential for NRL club to play games at Redcliffe Dolphin Stadium. There you go. There that you was go. June. That was in June. Yeah, right. Wow. That's a big loss for Brisbane, I think. Well, that, like, you didn't really hear much about that. I didn't hear anything about that. I only saw it the other day. Yeah. So. Oh well. Well, hopefully, um, yeah, that's the that's the Broncos. I think that's yeah. Where do you, where do you think you'll find you'll see them? Lock what what um what you know what position on the ladder do you think they'll be come round twenty six? Round twenty six, I'm gonna say I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Thirteen. Thirteen. Right, eh? Well, moving on. Um, obviously, next team down the ladder, you've got Canberra Raiders. Um, you know, just a, a very well uh, presented season last year. I think that they probably could have gone one better. I think, like I spoke to you uh, to you guys last year at the end of the season, I think that the last game that they played, I think that the or the second last last game before they bowed out of the finals there was against the Roosters, and I think that that was. I think they played their grand final in that game um, and, and they just played with weight. You know, that, that emotion that you would take into a grand final, I think that, you know, if they did go one step further like they did, um, they, they came up against a side that just wasn't, you know, going to stop. So, um, you know, playing, you know, they came, what, fifth last season, um, which is not too bad. Um, I think that, you know, if you're sitting around that top, Five top four positions, you're in you're in pretty good shape. But I think that the the Raiders kind of just just snuck into the finals there. I think they didn't do too much, didn't do too little. Um, I think they did just the right amount to be there, and they definitely deserve to be there. Uh, no no doubt. But um, you know, uh, I'd I'd love to see them go one extra this year and, and really push for that. You know, qualifying qualifying final. To, to get back into that 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 grand final. Yeah, so I'd, I'd like to see the Raiders get back in the grand final again. But like you said, Nathan, I think they played their grand final against the Roosters. There. I don't think they will be back. Uh, they'd be up there, but I don't think they're going to be 
contenders for a grand final. They'll, 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 be, they'll have a good season, but they won't be a threat, I don't think. Like, they do have – still have, obviously, a very good team on paper, but I don't know. I just don't think – maybe COVID really got the better of them. Um, mm. That season, obviously, it would have got the better of a lot of teams, um, but I don't know. I just – yeah, I can't see them. If they can't, obviously, get into the grand final – uh, with the season that they had, uh, I don't think they'd be back. Okay. Well, like looking at looking at uh, obviously their their outs, two of the big outs that they've gone, Kotrick and, and Bateman. Yeah. Um, obviously Bateman back to uh, his home his home country. Obviously getting a little too homesick over the uh, the twenty twenty season, and Kotrick moving on to the Bulldogs um, on a on a pretty decent deal there as well too. I think. Looking at um, you know their their predicted teams and their kind of top twenty, top thirty, um, their players, man, they they fill it in pretty quickly. Obviously, the start of the season, the first two rounds, Jared Croker will probably be out um, with uh, a, a, an injury. I can't remember what it was. I think he might have done his uh, knee or is his ankle or something like that. Um, but oh, there you go, shoulder, shoulder. That's, that's right. Yeah, shoulder injury. He definitely carried that towards the end of the season there, yeah. um, but. Uh, you know they still got. They've. I, I feel like they've still got a bit of depth. Um, you know, on the edge there. So, you know, I, he, Croker will be covered for the first couple of rounds there until he's better and to be able to play in that position. Um, but it'll be very, very interesting to see, especially with uh, Hodgson coming back from his knee injury. Obviously, you've got um, the likes of. I've totally forgotten his name now. Um. Oh my God, Tom Starling. Sorry, oh, Tom yeah. Starling. Obviously, in a bit of trouble over the preseason, but um, you know, I, he will be in that squad uh, whether it's coming off the bench or not. Um, you know, Josh Hodgson's going to take a little bit of time to get to make sure that his knee, that knee is is ready to go. I think that sticky will have him sorted well before the first round of the of the twenty twenty one season. Um, but you know, he will still be a bit ginger around that knee, so. Um, you know, looking at George Williams, his second season in the NRL, um, I'm expecting him to go one extra this year. I think he really kind of step up a little bit more, and and he'll probably have a bit more time with Josh Hodgson going back into that kind of end of that nine position. I think that he'll it'll probably give him a bit more time to do his thing um, at seven there, and then looking at uh, you know his opposing uh, uh, like his um his halves partner there Jack Whiten Dallium for the 2020 season um snuck in there I think that you know he like for me personally he's my player to watch um I think that he'll go just that little bit extra man he's he's got so much experience now he's played you know state of origin a couple of times Dallium last year had a really a good standout season as well again last year, and I'm I'm expecting him to improve this this season. Yeah, I think uh, obviously with Corey Horsburgh coming back from the injury, from the knee injury, and Josh Hodgson as well, I think I, I'm going to have two players to watch. I think they'll come back firing uh, more than ever, uh, and uh, they'll have a good season. Obviously, if Sticky does want to give Hodgson a little bit more time to uh, to get his knee better. Obviously, he's had a fair time fair, fair time off. You still got yeah. Havili there that can obviously slot into the ninth spot, which does a very good job today. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, it'll be good to see um, Soliola come back as well too. Obviously, Ooh, that yeah. decent <laughs> facial, fra- facial fracture last year. Uh, Corey Wahira Nara. Jesus, man, I'm su- suffering um, with my words today. 
Um, he played a really good season last year as well too. I think coming from the Bulldogs into the into the Raiders squad, um, he really kind of stood up a bit, uh, you know, in that position. And I think that um, he'll have a good one. And I also think that um, the likes of Dynamis Louis, um, as well as Joseph Tarpany as well too, man. Those two blokes, man, the, the, the Raiders, have, uh, Raiders have got a really kind of underestimated, underrated kind of forward pack. I think that they'll really step up again this year. Oh, yeah. Big Pappas too. Uh, oh, and obviously, yeah, you can't go past Big Puppy. Um, he'll he'll have just another standout year until the day he dies, pretty much. You don't even have to worry about him. He's already like top three players of the of the league. So, oh yeah. Um, for me, I've got the Raiders finishing third next this season. I'm I think they'll go, I think they'll go better. I think with a bit more experience in the squad, a little bit more kind of like that that structure going on. Charles Nickel Clockstad's getting better as well too. Um, Curtis Scott's, you know, past all of the all the stuff that he's going through last year. Um, Jordan Rappin has got a little bit more experience every year. Every year he goes through. So Jordan Rappin has gone back to he's finished. He's unsigned. He's unsigned this year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's signed for the twenty twenty season, I believe. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, oh no, sorry. He is here for twenty twenty one. So he's unsigned after after 2021. Yeah, that's my mistake. There you go. Where do you think they'll finish? I'm going to say fifth again. Okay. Yep. So as a kind of a, a similar a similar season, you don't think they'll kind of no. pressure too much? No. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I think they'll be a threat. Like they'll be a good team, but they they're not going to be a threat. Yeah. Right. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I'm like for me, I think the Raiders are my second team. I love the Raiders. I think. Um, you know, I love their their packs, so I enjoy watching them play footy. Can we see you do another club jump? So you're going to go from... <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, if the Broncos didn't do anything this year, you might may see me in a green jersey next year. Who knows? Oh, my God. <laughs> Just like you've gone from the Falcons to the bloody Chiefs. Oh, look. Hey, look, you can't, you can't blame me for that one. You can't blame me for that one. Look. Uh, Moving on. Anyway, different sport. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> uh, okay, so obviously our next team down the list, we've got the Cronulla Sharks, uh, the boys from the Shire there. Um, look, last season they limped. They limped through, man. They had one standout player, and that was SJ, Sean Johnson. Um, he played amazingly. He was grabbing some really good uh, fantasy and super coach, super, coach, super coach points there as well. Um, I think he was. He did a pretty good job in a, in a team that was really struggling uh, forward-wise. I think that they weren't going as forward as much as they would like, and they got that dazzling kind of uh, footwork that obviously uh, Sean Johnson brings to any team that he plays in. Uh, look, eighth in the season, like I said, they just limped into the, the top eight there and then bowed out pretty much straight away. Uh, didn't really put any pressure on that kind of top eight, top four teams. So, uh, you know, for me... I wasn't really expecting the Sharks to be up there as well as they, they were. I think that, um, but, you know, with the season that it was, um, a lot of teams struggled during that COVID period and a lot of yeah. injuries came that, you know, probably wouldn't have came if, if there wasn't such a start-stop season. Um, so for the Sharks, hey, look, it's just one of those seasons where they can improve on. I think their forwards need to start firing more. They, the, the, the forwards just looked not so much lost as stagnant. They... Mm. They, they they didn't fire. They didn't. There was no oomph to their runs. It's more just like they just had to run the ball because it's what they had to do. They yep. weren't trying to make meters. Just running up slowly, uh, 
not looking for the offload, looking lazy in the runs, looking lazy in defense. Like Aaron Woods, I don't think he has played very good oh, ball for the past two seasons. No, nah, I reckon ever since he left the, the Tigers, he's gone downhill. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think yeah. he was a very good signing by the Sharks, but you know that's that's the experience there too. He probably brings experience to a lot of the younger forwards there. Um, you know that's that's just something that they've got to work on too. Um, I think that, you know, looking at the squad and predicted lineups there, uh, Blake Braley, just another season under the belt. I think he's only going to get better. Um, uh, hopefully, he's been doing some work over the preseason. I haven't heard too much around his around him and, and what he's kind of been going through. Uh, but, you know, looking at the likes of, um, you know, Nikora, Graham, Rudolph, those players didn't really stand out. Wade Graham had an injury through the start of the season there, so he was kind of struggling a bit there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Aiden Tolman goes as well there, as well too, the Sharks. I think the biggest thing for me um, is their halves pairing, though. Looking at, uh, you know, who they're going to be putting into the halves and a bit of a reshuffle there. If they do put Mo- Moylan in at six, Chad Townsend at seven, Blake Braley at nine, uh, you know, once Sean Johnson comes back, what happens there? Does Moylan, you know... Uh, stick around in, in the sixth. There's obviously Sean Johnson uh, come back into that position. Um, and then Will Kennedy gets pushed out um, with, you know, uh, Matt Moylan going to fullback or does Will Kennedy yeah. hold on to that position and, and, and Matt Moylan sit, you know, sit out? Who, like, you know. Yeah, I'd, I'd keep Will Kennedy uh, at the back there and I'd probably use Moylan as utility when, um, when Johnson gets back. It's purely for the fact that, like, Will Kennedy came from, uh, was it? There? Oh no, it wasn't either. No, he's been there the whole time. Um, yeah. no, he came from the Eels, didn't he? Could have. Uh, maybe. Maybe last year or the year before he came. From yeah. The but he, he does play some good footy and he does look for the option too. Whereas mm-hmm. Boylan, he'll he'll look for the option, but he won't give the ball. He try to do it himself, which I think yeah. his downfall has been uh, ever since he made his debut for Origin, which was yeah, he didn't do. Been, there's a lot of players in this league at the moment that have gone that were pretty good, but they've just gone they've just hit hit a wall, which I think they yeah. need to obviously get over that wall and start playing some good footy again. And while you look what you know, like the Matty Johnson when they gave uh, Sean Johnson a bit of a uh, bit of stick about the way he's playing footy, and then after that he pretty much told us to bugger off and play some yeah. good footy after that. So yeah, picked up his game. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. Um, just what happens there? I kind of, you know, I, I do see, I do like the idea of having Moylan off the bench and coming in when the, you know, the the the, the game's looking at, to go a bit stale and um, getting a bit slower through that through you know the middle of part of the field. Um, I guess for Will Kennedy, it's all about making sure that he sol- uh, like solidifies that spot at the start of the season. If that does happen and, and he starts at fullback and Moylan in the six, um, then you know uh, he needs to make sure that he's doing a really good job at fullback because if I because for me, I don't think that. Uh, John Morris will put will, will ha- put Moylan on the bench. I think he's too much of an asset to put on on the bench. I think he'll go to fullback and have Will Kennedy come on. Um, but you know, uh, it's it'll be um, you know interesting to see how it all plays out um, with theirs. But I don't think they're the team. They're not the team that have the biggest halves worries. I don't think. I think the next team we have is probably the the one that they're going to be the halves are going to be worried about. Um, but staying on the Sharks, I think for me, uh, my player of the week uh, of the round of or player to watch. Sorry, Jesus Christ, I need a coffee, man. Is Andrew Fafita? Um, he's dropped a ton of weight over the preseason. Um, he had a absolute shocker of a year last year. 
Um, he didn't do too much in regards to his popularity, really, and, and he never really performed, you know, the way that they probably wanted him to. He was carrying a lot of weight, um, wasn't doing a lot of meters, wasn't getting a lot of offloads like we normally see from Andrew Fafita, um, you know, and that kind of style of play that he does play. I think that this year he will come back ready and raring to go. Um, I yeah, that he's my he's my player to watch. Yeah. I can't really see un- unless like un- uh, uh, pretty much until Sean Johnson comes back. It was kind of a mix between those two. I think that it, you know Andrew Fafita looking fit, looking healthy, um, ready to play some footy. I think if he comes back with that aggression as well as that good fitness, I think he'll be a, a you know the player to watch in the Sharks lineup. Um, when SJ gets back, I think that you know if he can continue on the the path that he was um, kind of mid to end of last season, I think that that he, he'll be the player to watch um, throughout the you know the Sharks and the NRL there too. He'll definitely be one to keep an eye on. I think my player to watch would be Wade Graham. It's like a fine wine; you get better with age. He's been playing some really really good footy, especially last season. He uh, he done a lot for that team uh, when they didn't have Sean Johnson in the squad. Uh, he's like a yeah. he's like a John Asiati. He can play. Five eight fullback center halfback. Yeah, I guess my 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 question to you too though is that you know he missed out on the on the state of origin team. He missed out on the blue squad. Obviously, there were some the players playing some really good football, and that's the reason why Freddie put him there. But you know, for that can be a blessing in disguise as well for Graham too. You know, if he's not he's not getting selected for Australian. Obviously, you know there wasn't any international footy play, but there was teams that did come out not getting selected for the Australian teams as well as State of Origin as well too. I think that that, you know, could be the fire up his ass to be like, um, you know, oh, I've got to I've got to actually start performing a little bit better than what I was or start, you know, I've really got to go that extra level. I don't think I want to see Wade Graham go stale. Um, but you know, the I Sharks think, gotta stay fit. I think I think he'll come back far come back far and and like if I ever had to try, chance to select any New South Wales team or anything like that, which I don't really want to because I shall do because I probably pick the shittest players. But um, <laughs> um, I wouldn't – we'll get to the Roosters hopefully in the next couple of weeks, but I don't think um, Angus Crichton should have been in that squad whatsoever. He, he, has he didn't do much, really hey. played very good football since leaving uh, – or since his last year at the Rabbitohs or even the year before that. Yeah. But, like he's just – well, I'll touch on it when we get to the Rabbitohs. But I think – he needs to. Wade Graham will come back and prove himself that he deserves a spot in that New South Wales squad. Which he, when he plays in that, when he played for New South Wales, he was one of their better players. Yeah, he was the one that they're able to get the ball on the outside, and if they need to kick, they can kick. He made so many plays on that outside edge; it was unbelievable. That's why New South Wales won. You know that. You know he. You know who he kind of reminds me of when he plays. Um, Jamie Lyon, Mister Reliable. Yeah. yeah. I think that like he was just that that type of player where you know that he's going to get the ball and you know he's going to do something with it and you can't sleep on him. And I think that's where I think that's where Wade Graham lies. But he needs to do just that little bit extra, I reckon, to be able to kind of go like that little extra, that next level. He needs to go that next level in that in that kind of position. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I've got the Sharks finishing less than what they did this season. Oh, last season. So they finished eighth in the 2020 season. I'm expecting them to kind of finish around that ninth position, just higher than the Broncos. I'm doing a little bit better. But I guess with that, it just means that, you know, they need Moylan and Sean Johnson to fire. They need them to play well, football, good football. Because if they can play good football and, and stay healthy, I think that that will t- that will take the, the Sharks a long way in the, in the season. 
Yeah, I got on finishing around the 10th or 11th mark. I'm probably going to go to the 11th. Uh, yep. Just purely for the fact that none of their forwards were sparking. It didn't look like they were a formed team. It's just everyone's trying to do one of plays or trying to win the game by themselves. So hopefully they come out and prove us wrong, but I'm going to say 11th. Yeah. Right, hey, obviously moving on to the final team for today's podcast, uh, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs. The doggies. doggies. Um, 15th in the 2020 season, just just uh, just above the Broncos there. Uh, they just went unable to fire, man. I think they were a mixed basket, the Bulldogs, last year. Um, a lot of players playing in out of positions, a lot of injuries, just their halves pairing just not doing well. Obviously, a lot with Lachlan Lewis being in the halves there and um, they also had uh, Wakeham as well too, just floating around through there as well too. You know, they just they couldn't seem to do anything, uh, you know, that would, you know, get them going. Jaden Ockenbohr back in the squad as well too. Um, you know, they had a couple of good signings before the, the start of the season, but nothing as crazy as what we're expecting next year and, and this year really, to be honest. Um, they've probably gone out of the, uh, out of the you know, the – the NRL teams, I think the Bulldogs have been the most active in uh, recruitment this year. Obviously, they got a new coach there with um, Trent Barrett um, coming across from the Panthers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he kind of goes in the new role there as well. Um, just being able to kind of solidify that halves pairing, really, to be honest. I think that that's, like I said prior, I think that's the biggest worries for the Bulldogs this season is trying to figure out who's playing in the halves. Yeah, see, I don't think I think um, Lachlan Lewis and Kyle Flanagan will be, will be a halves pair, and I think they will play some actually some really good footy. But the thing is, is they're both halfbacks. Who mm. pushes out of the five eight spot? Is it Kyle Flanagan or is it Lachlan Lewis? Yeah, who pushes it? Who pushes into the, the five eight slot? I think I think um, you know I, I was reading I, I was listening to a podcast the other day uh, the scope through YKTR and they were talking about um, yeah they, they had Cole Flanagan on on the podcast and he was having a chat and he kind of let a bit of an insight into who is probably pushing for that spot and they've got um, Avarillo in there so Jake Avarillo oh, yeah. um, so he you know Cole Flanagan he seems to be uh, you know uh, pretty comfortable with Jake in there uh, in that in that six position in that six jumper. Um, but you know, look, that's that's you know that's all up to them in preseason times. You know, uh, Lachlan Lewis, like we spoke about last year, man, he's he needs. The, I think I feel like he needs that kind of um, that experience around him, someone to help him out, someone to kind of go about yeah, it. You know, we yeah. spoke about Matt Burton there going from the Penrith from Penrith going to the the Bulldogs. I think he might be signed for next season. I don't think the Panthers were, were going to release him this year just yet. Um, but you know, you know, even him, Burton coming into the squad as well, well too. You, you know, got, it's just one of those Kieran things. There. Kieran Foran obviously has a lot of experience. I think it was more the fact of that because I think Foran's gone, man. I'm pretty sure Foran's gone. Yeah, he's, he went to Manly. Um, yeah, yep. the amount of times that Foran was injured, it was back and forth of oh yeah, who was who was going to be running the hardest pair? Who was going to be the leader of uh, the six and seven? Which it might have threw Lachlan Lewis off, but who knows? You have got to be able to adapt to those those uh those situations when times comes. But if it was up to me, I'd probably have Lachlan Lewis at your seven, and I'd have uh, Cole Flanagan as a running five eight because he can't work. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, fair enough. And he's, he'd be like a uh, he'd be like a a 
Oh, what's his name? Roosters. Kiri. Well, yeah, he'd be a Kiri for the for the Bulldogs, I think, because Kiri is a is a very good support player as well. Like he'll offload the ball and he'll follow the ball. Uh, that's why I think um, Carl Flanagan would be very very good as a running five eight. But yep. bigger signings from the twenty twenty two season onwards, you got Josh Adekard. That is huge. Yeah, that's a big that's a big signing for them. I think that looking at predicted lineups, depending on how it goes it goes with them. Sorry, what was that? Until twenty twenty five. That's a, yeah, that's a huge signing for them. I think like they've done quite well. I think that they've got enough enough players there that have signed, you know, coming up in the squad uh, in the NRL. To Adam Elliott getting signed on again, which is nice to see. Um, Josh Jackson still performing the way he has always. Yeah, well, um, they've got they've they've signed Trent Barrett has signed these players, and the players that he brought in have been from uh, playing in uh, big big games. So like Nick Cotter, Corey Allen. Um, and Cole Flanagan and, and uh, Jack Hetherington, they've all been up for the, up at the like the top five for the past three or four years. So they bring in that leadership and the qualities that teams need to succeed to be in the top four or top five. So yep, I, I think Trent Barrett has done an outstanding job. I think he's, he's stitched up the bloody the Panthers, but um, It'll be interesting to see how he, how it goes. I yeah. think it'll be interesting to see how the the because the first thing they need to do is solidify the halves. That's that's yeah. what what needs to happen. They need they need structure and they need um, to be able to continue pushing those players and making sure that they're developing in those positions. But yeah, looking at the backline, man, Corey Allen, Nick Meany, Nick Kotrick, Will Hopperwide, um, Dallin Wilteni, Zelezniak. You know those players, man. You, oh man, you've, like Jaden Ockenbor as well too. Um, you know, blokes like that man can really can really stand up. I think that once um, Ado Carr comes into the squad, I think I'm I'm you know look. Unfortunately, Nick Meany's probably going to get pushed out. I think Ockenbor will. Yeah. So you so you're thinking? So what are you kind of looking at? You're looking at a kind of um, so who you got in wingers? You got Nick Meany and Dallin Wateni Zelezniak. Um, you know, for predicted lineups of 2021. I yeah. Do you think that he will, you know, who does he, whose spot does he take? Does that mean that like Jaden Ockenbore then takes Nick Meany's spot? Unfortunately for Nick Meany, he would have slotted into fullback, but Corey Allen's there now. So, well, yeah. Do you play Corey Allen in the centers or on the wing? Because he did play on the wing at the Rabbitohs for a bit there until, um, uh, buddy Latrell got injured. Then he, yeah, and then yeah, and then and did a good uh, good job at fullback. Yeah, I think Adokar is going to be uh, going to be playing fullback. I think. You think he's going to be playing fullback? Yep. Yeah, so I don't reckon he'd sign someone for that long, just as a winger spot. Yeah, it'll be very um. Well, I'm when this 2020, uh, 2022 season comes around, man. It'd be interesting to see how he plays. I'm very yeah. interested to see how he plays at fullback. So at the moment, I think they'll have Corey Allen obviously at fullback, and then um, you know DWZ, excuse me, on one of the wings, and then you have uh, Ockenbore on the other. Or in yeah. the other end, you have Corey Allen on the wing and Dito who's at the fullback. Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see how they line up, which I'm very, very keen on watching that first kind of game. Kind of games. That first round is going to be very interesting. Yeah. Um, for me, obvious uh, player to watch is Kyle Flanagan. Um, new team. He's got the reins too, so it's his team. Um, you know, I think that it'll be... Pretty sure Josh Jackson will still keep the the um, the captain's role. I think he does a great job as captain. Um, but you know he'll be 
I would assume co-captain in that team and, and it'll be his team to, to move around. He won't have another on his inside that's kind of, you know, got that bit more experience like he did, like, you know, with four and all with Kiri when he played last year, he's, he's he has to sit behind those players. So, um, yeah, for him, I think that that's going to be his year. I think he's going to have to really stand up. And if he doesn't, if he flops, whoo, watch out, wait for the wait for the claws to come out on that one. So yeah, I think, well, we forgot about uh, Nick Kotrick, so I don't think Ockenball will get a shot at winning. I think he'll be pushed, pushed back down to uh, the New South Wales Cup, and I think Nick Kotrick will also take his spot. Interesting. Yeah, like, you got all these options for wingers and fullback centers and all that sort of stuff, but my, my play to watch uh, is obviously Corey Allen. I think... He'll just come out and he'll still have a blind from last season. He'll be on a high from obviously uh, winning uh, or being in the wings. State of Origin, yeah. Or State of Origin, uh, which he, I thought he did an outstanding job when yeah, AJ yeah. got injured. Yep. Um, so I think he's going to come out and he's, he's going to – He's. I wasn't a fan of him at the start when he was at the Rabbitohs, uh, but last season he obviously uh, ticked a few boxes for me and I was pretty upset when uh, he found out – I found out he was leaving, but – I think he's uh, he's going to come down and have an absolute blind, especially working on the Trent Barrett there. So yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Hopefully, he does improve. Oh yeah. Um, for me, I've got them finishing thirteenth for the twenty twenty one season. I'm not expecting much from them unless they gel. Wow, I I, I had them finishing around seventh, sixth or seventh. I think. I'm Making go, the eight. I'm going to go seventh. Uh, I'm, yeah. Oh no, sorry, six. Flip the coin. <laughs> I'm going to go sixth. I think that they've the players that they've signed, uh, I think they're also going to come in with a lot of experience and they're going to make everyone gel. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Oh, man, I'm goal. Oh, that's very nice. Right, eh? Well, um, that is it for the potty, mate. Um, what do we got now? What do we got there? 41 minutes. Pretty good. Pretty good. We, 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 we've, um, we've touched on everything that we've wanted to touch on. Um. Is there anything you want to kind of, you know, push forward, mate? Anything you want to chat about? Uh, Jared anything Goff you've seen the for the news? Hey? Jared Goff is leaving the Rams. I know there's nothing to do with <laughs> Pretty crazy. That's that's pretty hectic. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a big, that's a big thing. Uh, obviously took him to a Super Bowl and his son of Matt Stafford, who finished last in his division. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, we might have to make a uh, Mad Monday podcast NFL edition. <laughs> yeah. uh, all the listeners out there, they might follow the uh, the old American footy. So, yeah. but um, you know, I don't have much to talk about other than what we've spoken about. Obviously, next week we'll be chatting about the next four teams. Um, going down the ladder, I don't have them in front of me, so you know, uh, we'll keep that a secret until. Which one? Actually, I'll be able to tell you right now. Where do it? Here it is. I know you as well. Um, we've got the Titans, the Sea Eagles, the Storm, and the Warriors next week. Um, so we'll be able to have a chat about those four teams. We've got some – actually, oh, my God, man, there's some stuff to talk about during for those four teams. Titans, the Sea Eagles, the Storm, Warriors, massive changes throughout that. Um, one of the biggest ones there – or there's probably two big things there. First thing is, you know, um, Fafita getting into the Titans, Titans squad going across down the M1 and um, RTS leaving the Warriors next season. That's a massive. That's a huge loss for the NRL. And uh, Cameron Smith resigned. on. Ooh. Yeah, does he? It does. And Smith in the dark. Maybe we'll find out throughout the week and then we can have a chat about that. But until next week, guys, make sure that you subscribe to the Facebook page. Um, get on there. Jump on the comments. Um, tag your mates. Do whatever you need to do if you love the podcast. Um, make sure you share it. Um, like and subscribe. All you need to do with all those kinds of things. If you have any questions, just get in, in contact with us, guys. 
Um, but that's pretty much it for the podcast. Anything to say, Locke, to finish it off, mate? Stay frosty. Right, guys. We'll uh, we'll chat to you guys later on. Some more.